Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from our guest speaker. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or our website for ways to give. Alrighty, well thank you very much Chris. Thank you for those wonderful words. Um, that's, that's about a quarter of the size of the sermon today, so get ready. Uh, we're going to be here for a little while. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I just wanted to, uh, first of all, just thank you so much for letting us uh, come up here and, and speak to you guys. We're so excited uh, about this opportunity. Um, and, uh, you know, we just, we, we're just honored uh, to be uh, able to steward God's heart for, for parenting. Um, so Nathan called us and, you know, we wanted to just kind of continue his series this morning uh, about kingdom family and being able to talk to you guys about parenting. Uh, and one of the things that, uh, you know, as we were preparing for this week or for this weekend, uh, there, was, there was a battle. Right there was a, there was you know obviously preparing a message with your wife if if husbands if you've not tried that before I would highly recommend doing that by the way um, it doesn't lead to any marital problems at all by the way it's it's wonderful um, but um, no there's been there's been a battle and I think part of the the problem uh, is that we've just felt as parents inadequate there was just some inadequacy that was coming up inside of our hearts and you know we kind of look at ourselves as just normal parents right we're just normal people parenting our children the best that we know how and you know as we all know kids don't come with a manual right they don't come out of the womb with a manual taped to their toe right it just doesn't happen I really wish they would that'd be awesome just to see that would be awesome actually Um, but nonetheless (laughs) nonetheless kids kids don't have a manual right? And, and we spend a whole bunch of time reading books and listening to messages and just trying to figure out how not to mess up these people, right? And it's like every single time we hear something, we feel like it's the best thing, right? It's the best thing that we, we've, got to, we've got to implement this plan, right? We go to a conference and we hear someone speak and we say, ooh, that's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to execute that when I get home, and then we get home and we execute it, and our kids are like, yeah, right? It doesn't work, right? And we don't understand. We say, God, I felt so much anointing. I felt so much uh, power in that message, but then when I get home, it, it just didn't work. It didn't work for my kids, right? And so we get confused, and we feel inadequate as parents, right? Maybe some of us, we've had a horrible past, right? And so we don't feel authorized to tell our children that they need to behave, Right? Or that they need to live right, or that they need to do right, or that they need to follow God. You say, you know, I didn't do it right. How am I going to tell my kids to do it right? And so there's this overwhelming feeling of inadequacy in our hearts. And, you know, as we were, as we were preparing for this message, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and he said, you know, the, the Bible says that in, in, my weakness, in your weakness, I am strong. In my weakness, he is strong. And so in the kingdom of heaven, see, see in the earth that we live in, strength is glorified, right? We, we all point to people that we think, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're strong or, or they, they're good at sports or they're good at whatever, right? And we just look at them and we say, man, I wish I could be like that. But the Lord says, wait, hold up. In the kingdom of heaven, weakness is required for strength. Right? So, so in the kingdom of heaven, we're not trying to be strong people, right? We're trying to be weak people, right? Because what is it, right? 
Parenting doesn't come with a roadmap. And by the way, most of life doesn't come with a roadmap. And, and the reason is because it requires dependence, right? So, so you're not supposed to know what to do from day to day, right? You're not supposed to know how to parent your children, right? You're supposed to get into the scripture. You're supposed to get into God's presence. You're supposed to ask God how to do this, right? And by the way, it's all God's grace if these kids turn out well, right? Right? So, so in the kingdom of God, weakness is a requirement for strength. But you know what? The enemy obviously knows that, right? Do you think the enemy's going to sit back and let us just feel weak all the time and not make that feel good? Probably not. You guys can talk. It's okay. Right? I'm talking. You can talk. It's good. Right? See, the enemy is called the accuser. Right? And he gets into your thoughts and he gets into your mind. Right? And, you know, the Bible talks about how that the enemy comes disguised as an angel of light. He doesn't come with a red suit and pitchfork. Right? Because that would be obvious. We would see that. Right? We would notice him. We'd say, oh, stay away from the dude with the fork, right? I can't, I can't talk to him. He's no good, right? But the enemy comes as disguised as an angel of light. And you, you know what, guys? In, in the Bible, light is always a depiction of revelation, right? So when the enemy comes to you, it's going to sound really, really good. How many, how many bitter people do you know that you've talked to and all of the stuff that they said sounds logical and reasonable, how many, how many times have you had an argument with your wife or with your kids and you know that you're right? <laughs> I just did that this week, actually. I still think I'm right, by the way. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just fight in front of you guys and then we'll resolve it. It's going to be good, right? We're all, we're all right. Okay, so the enemy comes and he, he accuses us, right? And, and it makes sense, right? And so, and so he, he thinks through, you know, he, he gives us thoughts to think. And, you know, we end up believing the lie, right? We end up entertaining what it is he's saying. See, if we think about the Garden of Eden, right, and we think about the story of Adam and Eve, right, we all like to point to the behavior as the problem, right? So Eve went to the tree and she spoke to this snake devil, right? And, and she picked the apple or whatever fruit you want to call it, right? And, and she ate it, right? That was the sin, right? But, but the reality is, is that was only the behavior, right? The behavior comes out of belief. So she, she entertained what the enemy was saying. And, and, and at that point, when she started entertaining the enemy's lie, it didn't matter what would happen from there. She was going to sin at some point, right? Because she started entertaining that lie, right? And so the enemy likes to come and he likes to sow seeds of doubt. He likes to sow seeds of inadequacy. He likes to show us other parents that parent really well, right? And he likes to show us kids that mind and behave, and they're just perfect little angels, right? We get on Instagram, and we start, you know, thumbing through things, and we start seeing these perfect pictures of these families going on these awesome vacations. We didn't realize that they were just freaking out a minute before the picture, right? And they just smiled really nice and took the nice picture, right? But we start, we start comparing ourselves to those things, right? And the enemy likes to sneak in there, and he likes to say, look at that family. They have it all together, 
Those parents, man, they know what they're doing. Look at those kids. They're smiling, right? They're so happy. But your kids aren't, right? You're not, you're not that good of a parent. If you were at that amusement park, you would be yelling and screaming, right? And you know what? We start entertaining those lies. They make sense to us. And then guess what? After we've entertained those lies for a while, it starts ministering a wound to our spirit. Okay? And then we start parenting out of that wound. We start believing the lie that the enemy comes and he, he tries to tell you that you're inadequate and you start saying things like, I'm inadequate. Right? You start saying things like, I'm not a very good father. You start saying things like, I'm not a real good mother. Right? And so the, the Bible talks about out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And why is that so important? Right? It's because we're made in God's image and our words create. Right? And so if the enemy can get a belief in your heart and he can get you to speak the belief out of your mouth, guess what's happening? You're creating a reality in your future. Your words create just like God creates. Your words have power. Okay? And so we start parenting out of this wound and we start parenting out of this, this lie, right? And we, we don't understand why our kids are so messed up or in our minds they're not they're not rising to the expectations that we have for them right but in reality a lot of how our family atmospheres are is a result of the beliefs that we have in our heart see we're discouraged as parents there's a there's an epidemic to use a trite phrase i guess these days right there's a, there's an epidemic of of just kids that aren't being parented well yeah. and mostly because you guys weren't parented well, right? Our parents didn't know what they were doing. They had no, no idea, right? And they had a lot of the same things going on, right? They had a lot of the same misbeliefs going on. And in fact, a lot of times we get the improper ways of believing from our parents, right? And so, so Julia had a vision that she, she's going to share. And, and I really feel like this is the state, this is really kind of the, the point of our message here today, that I, wanna, I want you guys to hear her vision, and I want you guys to, I think we're going to take a minute then, and we're going to pray over the rest of the message, because Lord help us, right? So, here we go. All right, yeah, so um, we're realizing when we look around that the world is so dark, and if you're a mom and a dad, you are seeing what is happening in our school systems, in the world. I don't even have to mention it because we all know, right? Put your thumbs up if you do. Yeah. All right. So we, we are scared to parent these days because it seems so dark and so hopeless and so confusing. And our hearts are so discouraged. Um, a few nights ago, I was just praying over you guys and over, our, over your hearts and... I all of a sudden had this vision of all of our heads um, just hanging down. Everyone was just sitting here with their heads hanging down, and it was really hopeless. It felt super, super heavy, and I cried out to God, and I said, God, oh, man, this is heartbreaking. This is how the parents feel these days. This is how we feel. Sometimes we don't know what to do. We don't know how to bring hope. We don't know how to parent in this world because it seems so, so, so dark. And then I saw the father. 
because he's Abba. And we are his sons and daughters. And he's not just going to let us sit there in despair and fear and hopelessness. And so I saw the roof open up and his big, gigantic hand reached down and he started to just use his big finger and he started tipping up our head. And he literally went around each to each one of you and he started lifting up your head and he said, am I not the lifter of your heads? And when you look in the eyes of the Father, and I don't know if you ever had an encounter with his love, but let me tell you, when the Father comes and speaks, all these chains and doubts and false thought patterns, lies, accusations, they all start falling off. And he started to lift up each one of your heads. And he said, look in my eyes. I'm here. I'm here to speak life over you and hope. And so our hearts is to align our hearts with his, to say, Father, I don't know what to do. But my eyes are on you. And we parent from the place of belonging. Because if we know that we belong to the Father, when we know that we are his sons and daughters, it changes everything. So now we are not parenting as orphans anymore, but we are actually parenting as sons and daughters. And we actually did teach the parenting workshop a couple months ago, and we were talking about all of that kind of thing, um, what it means to be to teach from a place of love and belovedness. But that's what the Lord wants to do this morning. We really believe that he wants to break free, break free the stuff, the condemnation, the accusation that you are a bad mom and you're a bad dad just because you don't know what to do. But the reality is none of us know what to do, right? We're so dependent on his heart, on his love. And I do want to say... Find people that do parenting well in your eyes and ask them questions. I do this all the time. We need to have people that speak into our lives um, so we are not alone running around. But we feel oftentimes so ashamed because we mess up so badly that we don't even reach out and say, hey, so-and-so, what do I do with this toddler or this teenager? What do I do? But it doesn't matter what they think, right, about us. What matters is that we get help and we improve and we find healing and wholeness. We don't want to stay broken. But oftentimes we're so consumed with the darkness that we stay in the darkness because of shame. But Jesus came to set us free from shame. And the Father actually looks into your eyes and he's pleased and delighted. That's the truth. Yeah, and I think one of the things uh, I, I kind of want to emphasize about what Julia is saying is that is that when you live in a in a in a consciousness of I have to be strong, right? You're never going to go ask somebody for help. You're never going to do that, 
right? Because if you're a person that glorifies strength over weakness, and guys, I'm not saying that that's easy, right? It's, it's actually opposite from how we were trained, right? All our lives, we were trained to be strong people, right? But in the kingdom of God, he says, no, no, wait, hold up. I want, I want weakness, right? And it's like, we kind of look at him like, wait, hold up. I've been spending my whole life trying to be strong, right? I've been spending my whole life trying to keep things together. I've been spending my whole life trying to figure all this out. And the Holy Spirit just says, no, 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 I don't need it, right? I got you, right? I got this. I got your kids, I got your life, I got your career, I got everything in my hands. I just need your heart, right? I just need your weakness, right? And, and, and so when you develop this idea of weakness as what we're going for, right, then reaching out to somebody and asking for help becomes so simple, right? It becomes so easy, right? Because I have nothing to prove to you. I have nothing to prove, I'm, I'm a good parent, right? See, there's a difference between what's true, right, your reality, Right? Maybe in reality, you haven't done a good job of parenting, and the truth, right? The truth is, is that you're a great parent, right? The truth is, is that I can say, because of what Christ did, because of his strength, that I am a good father, that I am a good mother, right? And so I'm not going to spend my time thinking about the truth and the reality, right? I'm going to spend more time thinking about what God said is the truth, what God said is the reality, right? And I'm going to spend my time speaking to that reality and speaking to that truth and sowing into that vision that I have as myself, as a good parent. Okay, so let's go ahead and pray. I just want to pray over you guys. So Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would just come right now, Father. Holy Spirit, that you would just open the eyes of hearts. Father, that you would just fill this room with, with revelation, and with light, Father. And Lord, we just pray that as we speak and as you move, Father, that chains would begin to break off people's hearts. Lord, that you would begin to expose the lies that people believe in their minds and in their spirits. Lord, we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just come in power, Lord, and that you would return the hearts of kids to their parents and the hearts of parents to their children. And so thank you, Father, for what you're going to do today. And so, as we were kind of mentioning earlier, once we, once we started believing this lie, and we start believing these wounds, and we start parenting out of these ideas that we are inadequate, right? And the enemy comes in, and he starts to accuse us of all of these things that we're doing wrong. What ends up happening is that we start gathering evidence. See, see the enemy likes to accuse us, right? And when we believe the lie, the job isn't done. See, now he's got to strengthen that lie. Right? This is what we call strongholds in the Bible, right? Where he goes out and he starts gathering evidence, right? We, we yell at the child and he says, oh, right, see, there, there it is, right? You're a bad parent. And so we, we, we take that, that and we, we build it as a brick, right, around that lie, right? And we, we go out and we, we may respond badly to our children or our children might be, misbehave, right? And so he comes in and he says, there it is again, right? You're just such a bad parent, right? And we start taking these things and before long, right, we become discouraged. Before long, we start to disengage. See, what happens when you start believing a lie, hope deferred makes the heart what? Sick. That's right. Thanks, Dustin. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so because of uh, high expectation over yourself that I've got to be this perfect parent, that I've got to be this 
image of, of perfection to my kids. My kids have to behave. I've got to respond well in every situation. I can't show everyone else that I have no idea what I'm doing, right? We end up getting our heart sick, and we end up disengaging from the family. See, there's a, there's a newer concept in the, it's mostly in the business world, but it translates to relationships and family. There's a concept called the soft quit. Has anyone heard of the soft quit before? Also known as the quiet quit, okay? So hard quit, right? It's obviously very simple to understand, right? I'm done, I'm getting out of here, I'm leaving, I want nothing to do with you people anymore, I'm out. And there's absolutely some parents that have soft quit, or that, I'm sorry, that have hard quit right, in their families and in their lives, right? But a soft quit is much different. See, a soft quit includes the same feelings of inadequacy, the same feelings of I'm done with this place, the same feelings of I'm through with these kids, I'm through with this family, right? But we stay in place and we do just the bare minimum to get by. Make sure the kids are fed. Make sure that they have a roof over their head, right? But, but beyond that, I'm withdrawing my heart from this situation. I'm withdrawing my heart from my family. I'm not going to invest in them anymore, right? I, I, I don't want to do this. I'm, giving, I'm not giving this my all. I'm giving it just enough to say that I'm here. I'm not leaving, right? Maybe we even wear that as a badge of honor, right? Well, I didn't leave, right? Well, you didn't leave, but you're not engaged, right? You didn't leave, but you don't have your children's hearts. You didn't leave. You might still be there, but you're not invested in your family. See, and we begin to use this soft quit, this quiet quit, we begin to use that as a defense mechanism. See, because if I invest in this family, I might not do this right. If I invest in this family, everyone's going to know I have no idea what I'm doing. Right? See, soft quitting is a defense mechanism to protect your heart from the wound that you've believed, okay? And the only way, see, the, the only way out of a soft quit is to reinvigorate your passion. See, the only way out of a soft quit is to remember what God puts you on this earth for, to remember what he's added you to this earth for. See, God, God created you for a very specific purpose, I always like to tell people, like, you know, God looked at the earth and he said it was good, but it's just missing one thing, and then he created you. See, you're the answer to a question. You're an answer to a desire that somebody prayed for somewhere. Someone asked for you to be here maybe even years ago, and so God created you as a response to that prayer. Okay? Yeah. So... Uh, did you have something to say? Sorry. Go for it. I'm going to go. All right. <laughs> so the only way out of all of this is to remember what the truth is, to, 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 to saturate ourselves with what God says. Because, guys, if you understand who God called you to be as parents, mm -hmm. as mothers, and as fathers, if you understand, if you catch a glimpse of his heart for your family, mm -hmm. it's going to change your life. It's going to reinvigorate your heart. It's going to give you a passion for your family like you've never had before, right? And parenting well won't even matter, right? Because I love these children. I love this wife. I love my family. I love my home, right? And so the truth is, is that you were designed by God 
to be the perfect parent for your children, and nobody else on earth can parent your children like you do. See, God know, knew what he was doing when he gave you kids, contrary to maybe our pop, you know, the popular opinion, right? God knew exactly what he was doing when he gave you kids. He created your kids to be parented by you, right? And so I can't take my kids and put them with somebody that I think is a, is a good father or a good mother and expect that to turn out well because that person isn't me, right? You can't give your children to somebody else and expect that to go well, because he's put in you the things that your children need. He's put in you. Now, I'm not saying it always goes well, right? I'm not saying that we always parent perfectly, right? But you have everything that you need to parent your children well. Yeah. There we go. So we're going to look at the story of Moses, which, oh, goodness gracious, I just love the story so much. So I started reading it. And I was like, yes, Jesus, exactly. That's, we need moms like this. All right, so um, it starts off, Moses is being born. Tell them where the address is. Yep. Exodus 2, verse 1. And it says, now a man of the house of Levi went and took as his wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived a special and gave birth to a special boy. And she hid him. For three months, and when she could no longer hide him, she got him a basket made of wicker reeds and covered it with tar and pitch, making it waterproof. So we were trying to read through the entire story, and I was like, whoa, wait, God is already speaking. This is so good. All right, so I'm going to be talking about mothers for a little while because that's my heart. Yeah, I'm a mother of three little boys. Two of them are sitting right there. Shout out to you. And one is in the toddler room because we all know how toddlers are when they have to sit still. They don't. Um, so here's, here's Moses' mom. We don't even have a name. But she was birthing a boy in a time when Pharaoh killed all the boys under two. So it was very dangerous times. Now, you might think, well, we live in very dangerous times, which we do. But if we compare our life right now to the story of Moses' mom, whoa, talking about fear and anxiety and all these things. So you are about to birth, and you know, well, you, back in the days they didn't, uh, if it's a boy or girl. Uh, so the baby comes out, it's a boy. Oh, no. <laughs> what are we going to do? Right? But God wasn't surprised because, which she did not know, the end of the story. But she didn't know the end of the story. Here she was with this little tiny baby boy. And if you've had a newborn, you know, they sleep really well and they just kind of um, lay on your chest and in your arms until about three months. And then they start moving and developing and making noises and starting to roll soon and being more active. So she's realizing at this moment, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I, I, I need to do something. And so here she goes, making the basket, sending him into the Nile. Now I had to look this up, but there's actually, which I did not know, crocodiles and alligators in the Nile, which terrifies me. And I'm just thinking, okay, here, here she is, putting little Moses in the basket, shipping him down the Nile River, hoping for the best or what? I mean, it's such a cute Bible story, but really when you are mom, uh, not so cute, right? So here she is, 
doing that, sending him down, not knowing anything. But you know what? She was not passive. And I think what the problem is in our world that we live in is that we have mothers and fathers, but in this case, mothers, that we have mothers who don't want to mother. Now, with the crisis going on, a man cannot be a mother because what God has given us as mothers is so unique. We carry something that men don't carry and it's needed for our children. So when our children are crying, we pick them up, right? Oftentimes we nurse them, we cuddle them and they calm right down. It's because we carry a piece of God that is loving and kind and nurturing and it is needed in this generation more than ever before. But so here she was, she was making a basket. She was actually being active and activated and not passive. She's like, well, I'm gonna do something. I'm not just gonna sit here and let them kill him. No, she was a Hebrew woman, she knew God. And it doesn't say, but I'm certain she prayed. What should I do, right? And so she made this basket with her hands. Now, the father is calling us moms. It, and it doesn't matter if your children are little or if they're teenagers or adults. You are supposed to do something to go after your children's hearts. You are not supposed to just sit there and say, well, he's a teenager now or she's a teenager, so what can I do? It's too messy. I'm not going to get involved. We're supposed to go after their hearts. We're supposed to do something. We're supposed to speak life over them, pray over them, connect with their hearts, sit with them and listen to what they have to say. Right? So God is calling her and, and she's making this basket because she saw this one thing. She actually saw that he was special. Now, when was the last time that you looked at your teenager or your little one and actually thought, wow, you're so special. You're special to my heart. Now, I know it can happen that, you know, your, your kids do so many things wrong that your heart is just so detached from them that you can't even look at them in delight. But it said that she birthed this baby and she looked at him and she noticed that he was special. So the Lord is calling you to look at your children and it doesn't matter how old they are because it's the principle of delight. Like the father delights in us, so are we supposed to delight in our children. They're not supposed to be this heavy burden, this nuance, get, get away, put the TV on. We're actually supposed to delight in them. So here was, she was delighting and preparing and I just want to say this one thing. Maybe you need to take some time today and actually look at your kid or kids and say, Father, show me how to delight in them. Show me to delight in this child that you've given me and then give me the tools that I need so that I'm not passive, but I'm actually standing up, teaching my children, loving them well, connecting with their hearts over and over and over again. See, this is something unique as us mothers. We have this, this, this beautiful thing that the Lord gave us. It's called faithfulness. Most of us are really faithful in what we do, right, as mothers? 
So the Lord doesn't say, okay, you have to be a perfect mother because none of us are perfect. We mess up all the times. And that's a whole nother story where I could talk about this for forever. But he's saying, you don't have to be perfect, but I am asking you to be faithful. So he's calling us to be faithful. What does that mean for me? I'm going to give you a little example, okay? So every morning, I make them a big breakfast. Every morning, I lay my life down, even though I'm not a morning person. I get up and I serve them, right? I love on them. I look into their eyes. And one of the things that actually are super important is to say, when, when, when they come downstairs, to look in your child's eye and smile. It's, it's, it's a simple thing, right? It's not hard to do, but that's what you can do. So your teenager comes down grumpy, smile. Your toddler already has a meltdown rolling down the stairs, <laughs> smile. Just a simple thing. Hey, I delight in you even when you mess up because I'm not here expecting you to be perfect because I'm not perfect, but I am expecting you to show up at the table and eat your breakfast, right? So he's calling us to be faithful. Faithfulness always triumphs perfection. Yeah, and there's, <clears throat> there's never, by the way, it's, it's, it's never too early or too late to parent well. Mm -hmm. See, some of you guys have kids that have grown up and moved out, and you think, I'm done, right? But guess what? Your, your kids still need you, right? You're still here, right? If you're still here, it means that you're needed, right? And so, and so really, the, the, the bottom line that we're trying to, to say here is that, is that children, they just want to be seen. Children... It, we need to connect with our children's hearts, right? And and we tend to make we tend to make parenting all about the behavior, right? We tend to look at the behavior and we tend to correct the behavior. And as long as our kids are behaving okay, we feel like we've done okay. But guess what? I've been obedient before and had a horrible attitude in my heart, right? Behavior is a symptom of a problem, right? Behavior is a consequence. It's not the point, right? And if we get the heart right, if we get the connection with the heart, right, if we convince our children that they're special, guess what? We're sowing seeds of belief inside of their heart, and the behaviors will take care of themselves. See, we can't parent the behavior because behaviors are always lagging, right? Lagging, like they're going behind, right? They're going behind a belief pattern, right? They're going behind a belief pattern. So if we just attack a behavior, what we're doing is we're actually missing the problem, right? We might fix the behavior, right? Maybe when your kids are small, you can, you can threaten them, right? You can hurt them. You can do whatever it is that you want to do with them, and maybe the behavior will, will be corrected, right? But if you don't get to the heart of the problem and correct the heart of the issue, kids get bigger, Right? And when you stop having the ability to control your kids, guess what's going to happen? Their heart is going to manifest some other behaviors, right? And so it's never too late. See, children always need to hear from their parents that they're valuable. It doesn't matter how old I get. I need to hear that from my parents. I need that in my heart. And so as a result of all of this, we have to understand that we can't, we can't parent our children out of fear or out of, out of worry that, that their behaviors are going to make us look bad or their behaviors are meaning that we're a bad parent. See, the, the reality is, is that you don't control your kids, 
right? Controlling your kids, by the way, is an illusion, right? That we, that we tell ourselves, hey, we, we have this under control, right? That's an illusion, right? Because God put inside of your children the idea of needing to be free, right? Your children are as free now, as far as God's concerned, as they're ever going to be, right? And so if you try to control their freedom, right, you're working against the design of God, okay? And so, and so I've totally lost my place in my, my thing here. Oh, here we go. So yeah, so I want to go, go back to the story of, of, of the, about Moses that we just read. And I want you guys to focus in on a single phrase. It said that Moses' mother looked at her child and saw that he was special. She saw that he was special. And so it was the vision that she had of her child that gave her the ability and the confidence to make a super hard decision. See, our job as parents isn't to have the right technique. The job, our job as parents isn't to read another really good book or to listen to excellent preaching. Our job as parents is to have a vision. Our job as parents is to have a vision for our children. Our job as parents is to see the beauty that God put inside of them and speak to it. See, if you speak to the problem, you're going to create the problem. But if you speak to the vision, see, the vision is what pulls you through the contradiction. When their behavior isn't, isn't matching up to your expectations. When they're not chasing after God with all of their hearts. So you can take that personally or you can pray. You can take that personally or you can speak into the vision that you have for their lives and say, no, 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 no. You are a man of God regardless of what your behavior says. You are a woman of God who loves purity, who loves righteousness. And I'm calling that out as your parent. I'm not going to take the time and be the victim and say, woe is me, I'm a bad parent. I'm going to speak into the vision that I have for you. Because God gave me that vision. God gave me the authority as a parent to speak this over your life. I don't care if your kids are 50 years old. You have the time. You're still here. Hey, Jake, can we do something spontaneous for a sec? No. <laughs> All right, boys, can, come on up, boys. Come on up real quick. So we're talking about speaking a blessing, yeah? Um, that there's power in our words that we speak. And... Now, uh, we are going to show you, I'm going to show you what, what we do in our family. Um, and these boys are testimonies to that we really do this, okay? So we, we didn't make this up. We actually do this at home. Because, you know, Moses' mom, like not being passive. Also, by the way, about living in dark times and not knowing what we're doing with this parenting thing. So he, she, she put the basket in the Nile. The Nile. And then the sister came. And she watched him. Now, I don't know about you, but if you have multiple children, you know their relationships are really important, right? We, we as moms should invest into their relationships. We should nurture them because they're supposed to look out for one another. And so Moses' sister went to the Nile and she stood there. She was watching. What's going to happen to my little baby brother? She did not know, but God knew. And so he was raised basically in the enemy's camp. I mean, here we are 
feeling all these feelings about, oh, the future of our children. And I don't know about you, but I was at Aldi and this lady came up and she said, oh, I'm so glad I'm not raising kids in this generation anymore. It's so dark out there. And she went on and on and on. And my boys were standing there listening. And I said, whoa, but God is a God of hope. He's got our children. He knows what he's doing. We don't have to be afraid. And I really said that. Because I believe it. Say yes, you're in trouble. <laughs> so Moses, Moses then was raised in the enemy's camp and actually had an encounter with the burning bush, with the father, later, later, later on. So you know, God can redeem anything. So don't be afraid. Let the Holy Spirit rip that fear off that it's too late, that you messed up. It's not true. The Father is good, and he's kind, and he saw Moses when he was born all the way through his life, and he did amazing things with his life. So we can rest assured that he has good things planned for our little boys and girls, or big boys and girls. But one of the things is that I, we really believe as a family that how the... How we speak to our children is the culture that we create in our home. If you want to have revival, you got to actually speak revival. All right? So we're out here in the services. Oh, send revival, send revival. But then we go home and our homes are a mess. We don't take time to meet up with the Father, to get in his word. We, we yell at our children. We, we get frustrated all the time. We don't want them around we have marriage problems and we want revival? Really? What, what? The Father sees what we do in secret. He sees it all. And so we, we got to speak life over our children. We got to actually take the time to bless them. To say, you know, one of the ways that I delight in you is by actually taking the time to bless you. So I just go over, and I usually cry, so I'm, you know, I'm a crier. Yeah, I always do. <laughs> I always yeah, I always do. So I just come, and I, I, just, I just say, hey, Micah, I just so delight in you and who you are. You're such a good big brother. You're quick to listen. You're quick to listen and you're kind. You always help when I need help. <laughs> you're slow to anger and bounding in love. You have great compassion for others. I just really love that about you. I bless that you, Holy Spirit, would come and continue the work inside of you, that you stir up revival in your heart. And I bless you with encounters of the love of the Lord. Zion, I just, I love you so much, buddy. And I, I just, you have such a heart of gold. You have compassion in your heart for people. And you would give people the last coat you have in your closet. You have a heart after God. And you have a heart to see God's kingdom come in people's lives. And so I just bless you with the spirit of evangelism. I bless you with 
the words of life. And I bless you with the boldness to speak the truth into people's lives and to see God's kingdom come. Love you, buddy. So, so it's not hard, you know? Like if you want to make a change and it doesn't matter how old your child is, it can be a grown-up. We bless each other all the time. It's just a second of your day where you can speak life. And as you do that, because I'm not blessing him and mentioning all the things they do wrong, but I am actually bringing forth prophesying. Come on, guys. We got to prophesy over our children. This is who you are. This is who God has called you to be. I'm delighting in you, delighting in you, delighting in you. Because we, we don't need a list of things that we do wrong. So as the Father delights in us, we delight in our children. So that's just one of the tools that we use for our children. And I hope that you can use that too. So, so one of the last things I want to talk about. In Psalms 1, I don't even know the, the chapter. It's probably not good. Psalm 139. 13 through 18. I just want to read this. It says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them because they outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. See, God has a plan for your life. He knew it before you were born. He knew it before the foundations of the world were created. He knew you were going to exist. And he has a plan. And he has a plan for your children. And his thoughts about your children and his thoughts about you are good beyond measure. And our job is to be like him. Our God is to parent like him. Our job is to see the beauty of our children, to see God's design in their life. You, as a parent, have authority in your children's life that nobody else on this earth will have. They need it. They need you. They need you to speak over them. They need you to see what God sees in them. And they need you to speak it. Don't just think it. Speak it. It's important. Okay, and so what I want you guys to do is I want you guys to just close your eyes. And I just want you to just, in the quietness of your heart and in the quietness of your mind, if you were a parent who soft quit on your family, if you're a parent who's given up, said my kids are too old, I've already messed them up too much. If you're a parent who doesn't feel adequate, 
or if you feel like you're too busy, or if your expectations of your children are too big. I want you to just picture every lie of the enemy. I want you to just picture every untruth. And I want you, in your mind and in your heart, I just want you to ball that up. And I want you to put it at the foot of the cross. The truth is, is that you were designed to be a good parent. The truth is, is that it's not too late to parent your children. That God can do in a day what takes a lifetime for, for, for us to do. You're not too busy. Your children don't have to be perfect. And so I just want you to take all of that pain and all of that wound, and I want you to give it to Jesus. I want you to give it to God. Psalm 144 says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, and my great strength, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. We're not alone. You're not alone. God is training your hands for war and your fingers for battle. In this time that we live in, we don't have to be afraid because he's training us. He's teaching us. And so if you are here this morning and you just feel heavy about the parenting that you've done or you would like more of his presence to help you parent, I would love for you guys to just come up and let us pray over you. If you want that, you say, Father, I just want your presence. I want your advice. I want your help to, to teach me how to do this well. I want redemption from what I've done wrong. Just come up and we'll pray over your hearts. God wants to do great and mighty things. And for those of you that are really just feeling that wound inside your heart right now, I just feel like there's people in here right now that are just you're saying, I can't do this. I can't stand up and go up front. It's too weak. I want you to ignore that feeling and I want you to stand up and I want you to come up here because you need the prayer. There's healing for you up here. There's healing for you up at this, up at this place. We're going to have the prayer team come up and, and just pray for anyone that wants to come up. But I just want to encourage you guys, for those of you that, you know, aren't coming up here, I just want to encourage you guys to go home tonight. If you've got children, just pray that the Holy Spirit will just fill your mind and fill your heart with his eyes and his mind for your children. To fill your spirit with his thoughts and to stir up a passion inside of your heart. To love your children and to speak a blessing over their lives. So thank you, Holy Spirit. We want revival in our families. We want healing in our families, wholeness in our families with all of our hearts. We want you more than anything. And you're not just going to stop today. I pray for words, Lord, that you would just come and break through this entire week. 
that from this day on, Lord, that there would be breakthrough in the houses of your people. I pray that this house would be a place of complete freedom, that people would come here from all over seeing how well parents parenting here, that they would say, I want to go there because I need to know what they have. I want to know. So Holy Spirit, I just pray for this anointing in this house to parent well, to love our children well, to have healthy marriages. Just break through, Lord. Break off the chains, the sadness, the despair, the accusation, and just bring your life with your power of your presence. You are going to train our hands for war and our fingers for battle. Yes. It's not too late. I thank you for that, that the lie that it's too late is broken off right now in Jesus' name. And I just feel like there's a, a, a young person here and you said, look at the mess the world is in. I will never have children. And Jake and I are here to tell you that children are a blessing and a joy and a delight. And it is an honor to be a mom and a dad. And you're going to miss out if you take this vow And I don't know who you are, but I just, and you don't have to raise your hand. I just want to speak to you and say it's a lie from the pit of hell that parenting is too hard, that it's too dark, that darkness has overcome, and that it's hopeless. And actually, where darkness abides, light abides much, much more. So there's going to be light of kingdom light coming in your heart and breaking free the lie that it's too late, you shouldn't have a kid. And I also, I also feel like the Holy Spirit's just saying right now that there's an anointing here for, for people who are having trouble having children. Maybe it's your heart's desire to have kids. And this is a hard message for you. I just feel your heart yearning for children. I just... I just feel your heart hurting. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just come right now. And maybe these people are too hurt to stand up and to come up here for prayer. And so Lord, in their place right now, wherever they are, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would bless them with the blessing and the reward of children. Lord, open up their womb. Lord, do a miracle in them today. And Lord, we just pray that you'll take away that pain. Lord, restore their hope. Restore their, their peace in their heart, Lord, that you've got them, that you've got this. So, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing today in families' hearts. And we just bless you guys that you would go in peace and that you would really find the beauty in your families and that revival would break out inside your hearts and inside your families and then that you could bring that to the church. So we just release you guys today. Into that, into that vision of, of revival in the family. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org. Thank you.